Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. up some kind of experience in order to get into the flow is actually escapism. If it doesn't have a value in daily life, it doesn't really have that much value. The universe doesn't care about our little story going on in our head. And that story and stuff going on in our head is actually what blocks us from being in communion with the universe. The universe is not words. It's words that separates us from the universe. They talked about how flow increases productivity. That's wonderful. But at the same time, we need to think about what are we producing? And maybe some of the more productive flow moments are actually when we're producing something in alignment with what we're designed to produce by the universe. And we wonder why we're not in flow. Look at what most people are doing with their lives. There's a cog in the machine of society producing crap that we probably don't need to fulfill some kind of pleasure because we're dulled out by the ego thoughts because we're doing stupid crap. So maybe it's a lot about the design of society as well. And and I I feel like through our programming I feel like through our programming we've been taught to stop learning for ourselves. We don't know how to actually learn. If we were always learning, we would naturally be flowing. We would be flowing from learning to learning. And I feel like flowing is in not knowing because the ego is the one that knows. It's the known. It's the stuff we're thinking about that we already thought about before. And we're kind of attached to that for some reason. Now when that is gone, something else can come into place. And that's just the natural way that we actually learn as human beings, which we had when we were young. So again, all this flow stuff is kind of like I feel there's got to be some kind of feedback to inform the system of education not to program kids out of flow in the first place then we won't need all these fancy contraptions we have the most fabulous contraption in the entire known universe the human body and brain and yet we're like looking around for some other contraption like oh where is it where is it it's our own GD brains for God's sakes I don't know why we don't see that it's because we're always talking about ourselves and our head and it has nothing to do with anything our own personal story is a groove in our brain and it actually makes us decay over time it wastes our energy wastes our vitality contorts our body and 
we wonder why there's like brain disease now where people start losing their neural connections and the brain breaks down. If we take the entire globe and then a person just decided to run around a 400 meter track and field track their entire life, that track would wear down and they'd probably be 10 feet into the ground and there'd be a groove there and they wouldn't have any knowledge or any experience of the rest of the entire world. Well, that's kind of like what thinking along the same lines is all the time, is that we only see what we're thinking. And, you know, we kind of think we're seeing everything else because we have this vision, we open our eyes, our ears are open, we can hear stuff, but we're really not seeing, like, I don't even know if it's true, but something like the, the brain fills in like 50% of the visual field. So we're not really seeing that much. It could even be more that it fills in. It fills in conversations. And maybe it has to fill it in because we're actually not in the moment. If we were in the moment, maybe it would have the capacity to not need to fill stuff in and kind of like play tricks on us in order for us to get through the day. And who knows if that's true. And if you think about society, this is a society that we've created because we're not in flow. This was not created by human beings in flow, in natural play, creativity, laughter, bonding. That's not how the society was created. And then we wonder why we're not in flow. Well, society's not really um, created that way. And even you think about people that have these like spiritual experiences or mystical experiences a lot of times it's because they go traveling so they're experiencing something else or they're kind of in flow they're not in habit they're not in routine and they have these like oh like awe experiences and so in that way if we're all in our little habit routines in society it's pretty hard to imagine that we're gonna go into a flow state I actually went into manic consciousness after spending three weeks in California. I had no plans, I ate 100% raw vegan, I didn't do anything, I didn't listen to any music, I just sat at the beach a bit, went to the farmer's markets, had food, talked to a few people, made some friends, very, very low key, didn't go in any fast moving vehicles, I took the train there, and, and the train back, and that was it for the fast moving vehicles, and I came back and I was an absolute wonder of the entire world even though I was back in my my regular habitat but then it got kind of messy because I I bounced up against you know old elements of things and then I guess maybe that brings the ego back in with the the memory and the recognition I can imagine if I had complete amnesia of it for some reason it wouldn't it wouldn't affect me in that way but um, Sometimes I actually feel like I am going to forget who I am um, because I feel like I'm naturally kind of in a flow but I have enough of a routine to keep me as me. That's like the ego bit that I need to survive in the society. And I don't know if that's true but I actually feel for myself it's more like staying out of hyperflow of mania I think mania is like hyperspace flow because I was there for like two months.
wasn't just 10 minutes and I didn't ask for it and I couldn't turn it off and so for me it's more like staying out of that and also having a bit of routine so then I, I stay out of that too um, but I can imagine if I just sort of like walked off and just walked just kept going like day by day at some point I'd be like I'd have no concept that I was like who I was I don't know if that's true or not but I stay here you know my family wants me here I want to hang out with my family and stuff you know and I and I like to say that my the, the medication I take keeps me grounded in this reality that we all share because it dulls me down and slows me down makes me a bit less flowy so I'm kind of like Ugh. I'd probably be in super hyper speed if I wasn't taking that and reality's not designed for that it's not designed for hyperspeed brains it's uh that makes people uncomfortable you know it's like oh you're happy and you're you're energetic and you have lots to say and share it's like oh that makes me uncomfortable because I'm thinking about stuff and comparing you to how everyone else is and that's not normal who wants to be normal oh my gosh like oh so funny how People are so often critical of like not people that don't fit in the box, but then people in the box are the ones like, get me out of this box and like spend all this money on like personal growth and spiritual development and retreats and flow this stuff and then really they're aspiring to be kind of a crazy person. And they don't even know it so maybe they should just talk to crazy people and ask what are the secrets and maybe if crazy people and so-called normal people collaborated we could co-create a world where we were all feeling wonderful and not having to live in boxes and that's the thing that I think a lot of people who go into this manic consciousness this world-centric consciousness come back with visions of how the world could be as well as how it kind of already is but we don't see it it's right there it's the unseen realm that can be made seen like that we just don't really realize it we don't realize that light creates matter it's not actually matter isn't the most fundamental thing and they're probably realizing it that they're probably realizing that but you know science is like so many years behind if we could actually just clear our minds of our egos and, and actually just look around we would just see it for ourselves it would be quite self-evident and we don't need science and scientists to tell us how it actually is because we can actually see how it actually is we can actually see the unseen and that's the thing they talked about they talked about pattern recognition and predicting the future as part of the characteristics of flow. Now one of the scariest things in manic consciousness is sometimes at certain points one can see the future and one can see the future everywhere one looks. So if I look to the right I can see the future of that trajectory. If I look to the left I can see the future of that trajectory to the very end and not just for myself maybe for people that I know
as well, or for humanity in general, and it's very terrifying. And then when one gets into a state of terrifyingness, it's kind of over. One can't really stay in that manic consciousness if one is terrified. And then that bring that starts the process of coming back to ego consciousness, which is usually quite the journey. <laughs> it's like a hero's journey to save oneself, to actually get back to ego consciousness, to relate to other people. And it's generally supposed to be, not supposed to, I have something to share, I had a visionary experience, la-di-da, but no, it's, you're mentally ill and shut up. So all of this energy of people having these visionary experiences, which are probably overlapping and congruent and would co-create something different, probably a reality where we could all flow, where we wouldn't have to be sitting and researching, like, oh, how do we get into flow? Um, it would just sort of happen, but people in that consciousness who flow with the universe and get messages from the universe, you know, they talk about flow with pattern recognition. In mania, it's like even beyond flow, and there's pattern recognition to the extent that one understands exactly how everything works in the universe. And it's self-evident, you know, like people might study for 20 years to know what somebody learned in five minutes yet it's kind of it's difficult to translate that into linear terms when one comes back and most of the time people don't because they're told they're just ill or we don't have the context to um, really nurture a person through that um, it's really like a transformation and people aren't nurtured in that I really feel that that would be a more, you know, a more helpful way to actually utilize this flow research is actually help the people that go into hyperspace flow, insane flow, and come back and who are stomped on and suppressed and medicated instead of these like friggin' fat CEOs who want to make a million dollars by by increasing people's productivity 500%. Who gives a shit about this? The people who go into the flow consciousness naturally bring messages from the universe on how to help the whole entire planet. Like not just one's little ego and their little flow and you know they want to write a book in five minutes or something. Like who gives a crap? So the pattern recognition one can look at a flower and just like totally understand that flower and and they they talk about future prediction I, I'm guessing in terms of like guessing which way the wave is gonna go so they can flow with the wave so that's kinda like 10 second future prediction maybe I'm not sure how long in advance they're talking in terms of future prediction when they're talking about their flow research but you know people go into these states of consciousness where they can predict stuff a hundred years from now or ten years from now and if somebody says something about it in that state they're called delusional what but they don't really because the person doesn't understand where what it is that 
a person is is seeing and so I feel like that's why this manic consciousness is even beyond flow because it's not personal it's not for personal gain it's not just riding a wave for an hour it's actually being in that state for a long long period of time and seeing patterns happens for sure and it happens longer than just 10 seconds in front it happens one can see the pattern all the way back to the past too one can extrapolate things back and have a sense of knowing and it, you know it's not even a time thing all time is now it's a quantum process i don't know much about quantum physics but i watched this video about how they're developing quantum computers and and how during the computation there's multiple possibilities and then they have to do something strange to actually get the possibility they want because otherwise they might get a different possibility because there's more than one possibility at the same time well that's part of what happens I feel in the manic consciousness is there's actually multiple re realities simultaneously for that person and in that way that person is kind of a a warp zone for for collapsing the wave function of whatever the possibility is they talked about something like 16 combinations now in that state that energy state is timeless it's like that quantum state where the person is actually going through the process of of collapsing the wave function and now for me for example one of my possibilities was I could be dead I thought I'm, I'm dead and then I thought I'm a homeless person and I never was born and I'll wake up from a hangover and my life never happened and I'll wake up as a homeless person and forget I was ever this person that I am now in this experience and then I thought um, I'm, I had an experience where I was at the hospital and I saw all these babies come out at the same time like out of the door with the moms and I thought those are all me so it was like I mean those are the possibilities of my next life or something I'm gonna die so I saw like all these different possibilities and you know then there was like a conspiracy possibility and there's all these things like happening at the same time I even experienced like a bird flying south and then how the wave function got collapsed in the end instead of me being dead or or whatever I even had some weird other ones that I won't talk about but I ended up just being a mental patient and it wasn't like it wasn't the best resolution but it was the one that sort of explained away everything else and kept my family happy, kept me alive um, sort of disconnected me from that experience so I had to kind of struggle my way back into fitting in with society instead of how I was very disconnected from it at that point because I was in this like lost quantum state and um, so I felt like wow the resolution to all those possibilities was I'm a mental patient and I went through the psych ward and I came out it was very difficult and 
I'm a mental patient. And I thought, okay, that's fine with me. It's better than being dead, I guess. And so, I really feel like there's something going on in that. Like, I feel like um, we create reality and sort of like from the inside out we create reality. And so if we have all these weird reorienting experiences internally and we're in this powerful flow state and the quantum state we're actually rearranging the fabric of reality but when we come out and we collapse the wave function around being a mental patient it just creates more mental patient stuff unfortunately and there's somebody right now doing a campaign for coming out of the spiritual closet and and these are people that maybe had it different spiritual experiences and may or may not have been interpreted as mentally ill but I think that's great and I think it still relates to the possibility of interpreting oneself as special you know and seeing oneself as special is an ego thing and so to have gifts or not it's kinda like whatever and in my different states I had some weird experiences of of different maybe gifts of of accelerated energetic consciousness and I didn't really want them you know they're kinda freaky and I think they produce misunderstanding too I just saw something that wasn't there. I just really had to get all this stuff out about flow. Even though I'm not a flow researcher, I would say I live in the flow dojo of life. And my life's not exactly designed for flow. And that's maybe a good thing. Because flow, 100% of the time, is not convenient. So flow has nothing to do with what the ego creates. And I think that's part of the protective mechanism of flow. Flow is this magical sort of state where it's felt as magical because the ego isn't magical. So when it's not there, it feels kind of magical. Now, it's not really magical, it's just kind of natural, but we can conceptualize it as magical after the fact because our ego is back and we're thinking, oh, I want that back. I want that that memory of that state of freedom back but but the trouble is that the flow state is not the ego it, it the ego needs to sort of be dissolved so if a person is very egoic or wanting the flow for egoic gains it's not sustainable and so it'll be taking a lot of energy to get into this flow whereas it's actually when the ego disappears one has the extra energy and is in flow and it doesn't take energy to get into flow it's actually the wasting of the energy through the ego that's negating flow because it's almost like the flow energy is coming up it's getting scrambled by the ego whereas if it 
you can think of the prefrontal cortex is here and the thoughts are happening and they're racing around and racing around and the energy comes up and it's like well it's not flowing it's not so the energy's there it just gets scrambled and wasted by the ego and you know when the ego's thinking it's creating neuropeptides that are you know getting the body and we have a bad thought we're like in the body and it's in in the neuropeptides and then we have a good thought we're like ah and we're doing this all the time ooh ah ooh ah and it's just wasting energy and if it's making those neuropeptides of anger and jealousy and hate it's not going to have the energy to make the neuropeptides they talk about in, that are in the flow state which was the anandamide the dopamine, the norepinephrine, the tryptamine, and the serotonin. And, and they even gave the names of the analogous exogenous things we like to intake in order to give us those pleasurable things. Like they said, serotonin is sort of the internal version of MDMA. And again, we have all these internal ones, and they say the internal ones are much more powerful than these external ones. So anything that we perceive outside for our own pleasure, like watching a TV show, is actually wasting it. And we're not making these internal things because we're not in flow, because we're in ego consciousness. And the ego is so annoying that we need to pacify it. And when we're pacifying it, we're doing the pain-pleasure thing, which is not flow. And another congruency I thought of was how in manic consciousness one is very playful in some of it. And it's a playful state and play is how we learn. So it's a very hyper learning state. And I talked in a different video about how it's almost like it blows up the neuroplasticity of the brain, the connections, and, and helps to make new connections just like what happens in a, in a young child's development. Well, if you think about flow of the extreme sports adventure athlete people they're basically in a state of play as well and they're in a state of play in their learning of that skill so they've learned a very playful skill and they've learned to play and they've made their life all about play or quite a bit and so flow goes with play and we're meant to play as human beings we're designed to play we grow up playing and then we stop playing and then we stop being in flow and we wonder why. So I don't necessarily think a person has to be an extreme athlete in order to be playful. And that's the thing too, is a playful state is often a social thing, like connecting with other people. And that's the thing too, is I think flow is world-centric and it's, it's we-based. So a person in, in their sports, they're sort of like one with the universe. And even though they're not being like very we, they're at least not being ego versus ego. And you know, they're not participating in the ego game. They're playing their own game. They're playing. And so they're in flow and they're in play. So I just, I'm trying to uh, make this equivalent in a way to just getting playful and not necessarily thinking, well, I better take up snowboarding down the steepest mountain in order to be in flow because that's just more escapism unless that's exactly what somebody wants to do and that is their flow why not but to think that everybody has to take up an extreme sport or put their body through this extreme thing to get in the flow 
I, I don't know if that translates that much longer than actually being in the contraption. And at work, generally we're not in the state of play, so generally we're not flowing. And if work was about play, if it was the same, then we would probably be flowing. So maybe it's not so much about, well, how do I get in flow at work? Well, it's like flow is play. How do I make work playful? It's, you know, just a little bit of a different question. And can I make meaningless work playful? And if not, maybe the meaningless stuff has to go. And I remember I was reading Tesla's last interview and he talked about how the whole time he was just playing with electricity and he died, he was close to a hundred or something and he said, play, 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 that's what he said, play. And he was in flow and he was enjoying himself. Every now and then we have an experience where we feel in awe and in those moments our self disappears. If you think about the moments after that state when we realize we were just in that state, we usually have more energy. And that's again because the ego went away. The ego is what wastes energy. And so since the ego is talking on about unnecessary stuff, it's wasting energy. And that wasting of energy, that extra energy that it wastes, is actually the energy we need to see the awe things or the energy we need to be awed by just ordinary experiences why do we need such extreme experiences in order to have the ego to be quiet like why are we putting our attention on our ego thought process at all why are we not actually looking around and actually looking around, if we actually, actually look around, we're going to learn. And if we learn something and understand something, that also gives us energy. And Stephen talked about how his surfing got him into the flow state and that helped to heal him. Well, surfing is play. There's no reason to do it except for the thing in itself. So there's no motive. There's no, I want this, or I want that. It's just the activity itself. And so, it's play. That's what play is. There's no real motive. It's just, as Alan Watts would say, to keep the game going. And I think that's why the manic state is a state of play, and it's actually evolutionary. It's it's necessary from the universe to keep this human game going. That's why I actually think that that state is part of the spontaneous social behaviors that's going to change reality and save the planet. Mania is playing a different game. It's playing a way more fun game. And the ego game is not play. And it's not fun. And it's a crappy game. And then we can play a different game that is more like flow. And we all probably need to be in a bit more flow in order to help the world. And I think that's part of the thing, is flow is to help the world in some way. It's not necessarily um, it's not designed 
for personal gain because in the flow state there is no person there to gain. And this goes along too with what I was saying about mania before I got back into talking about flow is that mania is a hyper learning state and they talk about how in flow a person is like 500% more productive. Well that goes along with the hyper learning. It's a state where when the ego is quiet, when it's not happening, we're actually learning. That talking gets in the way of actually learning anything because that talking isn't learning. It's not teaching us anything new. So if it's going on, it's actually taking up RAM. It's getting in the way of us actually perceiving and learning. Imagine when you have those kind of like aha moments, like, oh, that's how you do it, or oh. Imagine that happening 500% more because you're more perceptive. You're looking around. Your brain isn't being taken up by these meme viruses. They're just viruses of the mind. They've taken over your brain. You're in a prison. Decisions are conceptualizations. It's conceptualizing about reality and then picking based on those concepts. And that cognition, look what it's created. I actually feel I had this sort of insight that the prefrontal cortex of the brain is actually society. It's all of this that we've created. It's all that we recognize and we know as society and all the ego stuff in with it too. And like that brain structure is actually equivalent to society. It's actually adapted for this society and it's created this society. Just like a person's body, that they're a surfer, their body's adapted for the wave. Well, our brains are like the exact mirror of society. Yet we all crave turning that aspect of our brains off, which is society, which is what we've created, which is what we've co-created for each other, which is what we want to pass on to our children. And then at the same time, we're going to pass on flow, um, the concept of flow, when flow isn't a concept. And it is a concept when we think about it, when we're not in that state. But if we we're all in that state all the time, there'd be nothing to think about. So look at what cognition has created. It's created words about words about words. It's created science. It's created war. The other thing about adventure, athlete, extreme people is that when they're in flow, doing their thing, oftentimes, not always, they're out in nature. Or, and and I think human beings acknowledging nature, that we are nature, being out in natural structures actually promotes flow because we are nature. We're not actually separate from nature. We are the trees. We are everything else. So when we're around all the structures of society that aren't very inspiring, that's not gonna inspire flow all the time. So if I was not necessarily a surfer but if I just went to the beach every day I might feel in that flow state and my ego might subside because I'm just in nature so that's the thing too the structure of the body in gravity being in nature the world centricity 
the energy, the wastage of energy by the ego. Don't think they have to be mysteries only for the people in extreme sports. So I think perhaps we have a center of gravity that is the ego thought conceptualization abstraction center of gravity version of ourselves and then the center of gravity version of ourselves which is our adjacent light body which is the flow body i actually feel too this adjacent light body when we're in flow we tap into it and we're more that light body version of ourselves and that's why we're stronger because we're more in our light body self and not our material self. So in that way, we kind of defy the laws of matter a bit. So there's more margin for error is what I think. It's a quantum state where our entire light body hologram, we're more that because we're not our thinking gravity ego structure. And so it's almost like we can just fall with gravity on a wave and survive because we're just fluid we're more like light than we are matter and we can go into that state and I think that state happens sometimes and that explain well explains is the way some of these like supposed miracles happen is that when we get into that state where it really is fight or flight and like, do or die and that's sort of the way they're studying it is like you're like right next to death our body goes into this surrender state where we're, we're more our light body and we have maybe 16 superposition possibility versions of ourselves as the quantum calculation is happening and also too you know that person in the the athlete they're just they're they're there with the wave there's nobody touching them collapsing the wave function around them being not in the light body state. So they're almost like their own world at that moment. And then they ride the wave and they make it and they come back to like material reality where everyone else is. But when they're just one with gravity in the field of gravity by themselves in that state of consciousness, Maybe they do it a million times and they survive, and then finally one time maybe they don't survive, but it's possible they do survive in a different dimension, you know, and they just like, and walk off the beach like nothing happened. So I feel that's how some people feel kind of like invincible in the manic state, is so they're more like their light body version, and it's almost like if you're kind of by yourself and you don't contact anyone you are kind of invincible but once you kind of make contact and your wave fun function is collapsed by like a lower energy then it's hard to say what happens but and that's why I feel too when I was talking about earlier about my other possibilities of my the end of my life and being a homeless person in California and all this other stuff they could have also happened too but the one that I remember as me, as my ego self, is being a mental patient. So I feel like it's kind of one of the ways that we never die, even though it looks like we die sometimes. Um, like I had this experience where, you know, maybe a certain person dies in my reality, but they don't actually die in their own reality. So 
reality could kind of split. So if somebody dies at a certain age, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily dead because they could have kept going on as their light body self and that could have almost been like molting a skin. Like just kind of shaking off that skin and then just get up and keep walking. They don't even know anything happened. So that's another reason why I thought that okay I'll be a mental patient it's okay because that way I stay with everyone in my reality because I had these senses that otherwise someone else I might lose in my reality and I thought no I'll be a mental patient it's fine just let me be here with all of the people that I care about in this existence so it's interesting that research is from the level of ego thought and abstractions trying to explain something that is beyond the ego itself and that requires the ego to sort of go away and be quiet in order to make it happen. So in that way we can sort of describe the state but that description of the state is not the state and it's sort of pointing to the state but it's not the state itself and if somebody was actually in the state they wouldn't necessarily be thinking about all the characteristics of the state. If they started doing that, it would probably make it stop. And people can describe it after the fact, but describing it after the fact isn't the fact. It isn't the state. And this researching about it actually reminds me kind of about how Albert Einstein said we can't solve today's problems by the same level of thinking that created them. So the research about it is kind of like the same level of thinking that creates all the other problems in the world. But the solution is actually the state itself. So the solution isn't the research about the state itself, but it is possibly the state itself. And so again, people that go into manic consciousness and go into that state are actually kind of the solution and then they're kind of medicalized after the fact because people looking and observing it don't understand it from the outside looking in because they're looking from the lens of ego thought they're looking from the lens of consistency so I'm tempted to get the book The Rise of Superman even though I stopped reading because I just I find it really interesting the congruencies to that other state and from personal experience being in the state of mania actually made me feel kind of like Superman and the book is the rise of Superman and I feel like the universe can make us rise as Superman there's nothing exactly we can do to get it because the doer is the ego and anything we try to do moves us away from that because it's not a state about trying and we can't really look for that state because we are that when we're not conceptualizing about ourselves and making abstractions about ourselves we are that we are that happening without talking about it or thinking that we are that happening. It just happens. 
and we can't make it happen. So maybe certain things we can do a little bit to, to invite it, but it's actually our natural way of being and it's more about seeing the things that are in the way of us being that way naturally. And it's not about doing something about it, it's about just seeing it. So if you really see how this structure of thought is in the way and how much turmoil and distress it creates, maybe one can just drop it. When there's no you as the ego, it's there. But then who's the one to know? As soon as we know, it's over. I think we have to get good at gravity. So the way we carry ourselves in space, because that is respecting ourselves and the law of gravity and the laws of nature. And people who are the extreme adventure athletes definitely have to respect nature, the laws of nature, the law of gravity, or they're dead. And even though on a daily basis we don't sense that we need to do that, over time we definitely do because we can either be in a wheelchair peeing our pants or still up and walking and doing great depending on how we respect gravity and our body within the field of gravity. So almost each day, each moment of each day is really like riding a hundred foot wave. And it makes sense too because in flow we don't sense ourselves. We don't, we're not thinking about ourselves so the ego is gone. Well if we are in pain or hunched over or muscles hurt because we're not respecting gravity or we haven't been for a very long time, we're going to feel ourselves more. We're going to be thinking about ourselves more. So that's actually going to get in the way of flow. So people who are extreme athletes might actually be able to flow more because they're not feeling their body. So if somebody that can ride a hundred foot wave broke their leg, well they really really feel their body now and they're not going to be able to flow because they're not going to be able to ride the wave because their leg hurts. So there's something to almost making the ego completely imperceptible and also making the body imperceptible because it, we notice it when it hurts and and we notice our ego because something is hurting so it's how are we going to be in flow if we're suffering that obviously doesn't make any sense and to go with the laws of nature and the laws of gravity there are probably laws of just being human that would get us into more flow than not and i feel like flow is a world-centric thing like mania and world-centric means we and it means not thinking about oneself it means oneness and when we say smile at another person that activates the mirror neuron system and and so you know we recognize these things and these are just natural parts of being human and it's a it's a and it's a universal language and this is the language of body language and gesture the language of other than words so we have the words infecting our minds and then maybe we forget to use the language of humanity like smiling or or giving someone a hug or just kindness in general i feel those things would actually create a lot more flow because one's not thinking about oneself
if one's giving the gift of a smile, one's not thinking about oneself as much per se. So I think world-centric activities actually would get one into flow more so. And in the context of what I was talking about earlier in different videos is that you know those things are part of embodying one's mania or actually getting the manic traits that one experiences in a state of mania embedded in one's neurophysiology um, and instead of you know and I guess that would go with as one does those gestures it's going to change the neurophysiology which would change maybe gravity's effect on the body so not just having it embodied that way as practiced which is one thing to have it in in the neurons as practice traits um, also to have it in the musculature so then it is proper alignment with the body in the field of gravity and and you could think of it in the way of actually having your posture in line and you could also think of it in terms of having your gestures in line how you repattern reality with your hands we have all these gestures for technologies and touch screens and and swipe and tap and all this but we forget to use our gestures of how we pattern reality through our own physical apparatus and that's more powerful than anything else so i actually feel like it's not just about posture and gravity but it's also about how we use our body in space and how we reach out and uh, how we approach people and that helps to repattern reality and change the social fabric and that actually might change the social fabric around flow so if you think about the social fabric and how it's the ego thought structure me mine what can i get from you competition that's not a flowy structure at all that's like this but if we had cooperation and collaboration, it'd be more like a dance, it'd be, it would be a flow. So it's, it's partly up to us to repattern reality in such a way that will promote this flow. Because I've been talking a lot in previous videos about people who experience manic consciousness embodying these traits. So when that extra energy comes in, one can actually translate that. It, we already have those gestures and things practiced and it's more we can it's about actually being able to not burn out with that energy as in overloading our circuits now every most other people have the opposite problem where they're all numbed out and dulled out well if they started as a dulled out person doing some of these gestures and carrying themselves that also would change the social fabric because I think the manic traits and the manic energy is the spontaneous social behaviors that Buckminster Fuller talked about. And so people who are so-called normal can do that too in order to change the fabric to be more like flow. And we can do that with gestures. We have mirror neurons. We learn from each other in that way. We can create positive social contagions of flow. We can make it real in reality it's already real we can enter it at any time it doesn't require time it doesn't require practice we can enter that and since we can enter it at any time imagine for example if we all entered flow at the same time we'd create a different universe we'd create a different world if we're all operating flow and we're 500 percent more productive as they say we would create much differently much faster 
and we'd have to cooperate because if we're all buzzing around 500% faster we'd have to cooperate even more and that's the thing too we've gotten to a point in humanity where we really do need to cooperate and I think the flow energy is part of cooperation and collaboration it's not really something as much that's designed to be like this product it's our natural birthright and it's been taken away from us through our education and our schooling and our conditioning from our families and passed down through generations and we just don't know we we've been made blind and so this is really about you know restoring our eyesight this is like laser surgery for the eyes the inner eyes on the mind screen I think there's different laws of daily living that would allow us to be in flow. But the way we live our lives daily right now is not a flowy way of being. I actually think mania is the energy designed to free ourselves of ourselves, of our ego. And they talk to you about the performance enhancing chemicals of the flow state. And there was five of them which I named before, I think, and I actually feel like it's not so much that those are performance enhancers as that our normal biochemistry is performance dullers. I don't think we're actually designed to be that dull and drone-like and monotonous and habitual. And then, you know, we have these flow states and then they're thought to be like magical with all these performance enhancing chemicals. I think that's our natural state and the ego inner critic stuff and other things create the biochemicals that block and waste the molecules necessary to create those so-called performance enhancing chemicals I actually don't really think they're necessarily performance enhancing I think that's how we're designed to be. We're human beings. We're supposed to be marvelous. If you imagine a child in all its majesty, if it was never conditioned into monotony, how would it really be? And would there be any concept of anything other than flow? Flow wouldn't be a concept. It's a concept because of the society we've created. How have we been conditioned to perceive a world that makes us create the neural chemicals of dullness and boredom and pleasure seeking and so then they can turn around and sell us something that's going to solve the problem and how do we get such dull minds by going to school it actually stops us from learning because we start memorizing and clogging up our brain with a bunch of bullshit there's the biochemicals of thinking about ourselves of being stuck in our boring life story in our own head and then there's the biochemicals of being one with the universe and having very little self-concept at all. If somebody thinks, I want to increase my performance, that's the ego talking. And that's the very thing that's getting in the way of enhanced performance. And it's the actual thing that's dulling performance and preventing the natural state of enhanced performance from being there. And I was thinking about the precognition thing and being one with the universe and the ego self being not there, which means there's just the actuality of the human being, the happening, without conceptualization. 
and the conceptualization is the ego, which is the prefrontal cortex, and then they talked about precognition. So it's like sort of thought before thinking about it, or decision before being aware of it. But to me, precognition is actually the real cognition, and it's the calculation or the happening when the body and the universe and the mind and the heart are all one. So there's no division, there's no cognition and precognition, there's just that whole process of one thing happening. It's only when we think back that we're aware that it happened. We're aware of that it happened as the ego, as the ego thinking back on its experience because it decided to record that state as a memory. The thing too, is the more that one goes into this flow state, or say manic consciousness, the more one realizes that there's nothing to memorize because to try to remember the state prevents it from happening again. And it's actually not that special. It's our natural state. So we could pretty much be there all the time and not really know it or think about it because we're just there all the time. But if we have it for a few minutes and then we think, oh, we got to get it back. Oh, I had it for two minutes. Now I had it for four minutes. Now I had it for five minutes. And I want to remember the feeling so I can get it back. Well, as soon as we remember the feeling, it's more difficult to get it back because we're actually trying to get a specific feeling. When we don't necessarily know if it is that feeling, it could be different every time. Because as soon as the ego looks back at it and said, well, that was flow, well, then it has classified it and it's no longer that because it's conceptualizing about that state. So what I'm saying is the more one goes into that state, the more one just forgets about it and just lets it be. It's just whatever. It's not really that exciting anymore. It's just, it's just actually seeing and understanding and learning. It's just actually really being restored to being able to learn. It's not really that miraculous. And a lot of people too, they, they, they feel, at least initially, it's like this big spiritual experience. And that's understandable because it, it's just so foreign. It feels just so like wonderful because it's like tasting a candy after not having candy for 10 years or something and it, it tastes really good but you know if you had candy every day it wouldn't be that big a deal so I think too that after realizing flow is just kind of the natural way to be um, it's not really something to write home about I mentioned before how people in mania think I want to get back to that wonderful feeling well I only had the super wonderful feeling the very first time and then the next time a bit and then now it's just turned into more like super perception learning understanding pattern recognition future prediction all those like flow things so it's toned down from being sort of ecstasy to being just learning just and learning is ecstasy like it's and it doesn't have to feel ecstatic per se it's just we're designed to learn. We're designed to play. We're not designed to be these monotonous drones thinking in circles. And and then we wonder why we're kind of like bored and, and numb. But 
Yeah, I fundamentally think it's actually learning and probably other stuff too, but so again, cognition I think is false. The ego is not real. It's an illusion. And as soon as we're back in cognition and thinking about something, that means flow is over. And so to call one precognition and one cognition is actually a little bit incorrect in my view because the type of processing that happens in flow or mania is something fundamentally different. It's not of the ego. It's different processing altogether. To call it precognition actually makes it sound like something less than in a way and it's something greater than and cognition is actually like a raisin compared to the mountain of the state of flow and mania. Cognition is delay. As soon as we've thought about something, we've made an abstraction, it's already happened, it's too late. They talked about too how flow can be addictive and and the researchers said autotelic, which was their fancy word for addiction, meaning it's sort of fulfilling within itself. And I would describe mania also as being autotelic. And they're saying that you know, people get addicted to flow. So maybe they do things to get in the flow, they become addicted. The ego gets addicted to flow. What one is in flow can't be addicted to flow. But the ego remembers the experience of being in flow as something other than itself, as something that it wants again, because it was sort of relief. And then by doing that, this actually turns the flow state into another pleasure trap. It's actually reducing the state and what it is designed for to be just another means to the end of the ego. So for the ego to be addicted to the flow state and the ego to do stuff to get flow back is kind of a contradiction. Um, and again, that goes with what I was saying about how the ego chooses to remember about how the flow state was and then by that puts it into memory and then tries to recreate that exact thing when flow might be something altogether different. It could be, when you think about flow and how I feel actually, one can be in flow every minute of every day. Flow then would be what's just happening right now. And it doesn't have to be anything extraordinarily special. But by the ego thinking that that's what it has to be, it then has to go to extreme ends to get that back. And then each time it might even become a little bit harder to get back because the ego is trying to get back something that it remembered. And if it's not exactly the same next time, the ego is like, well, that wasn't quite right, so I must be doing something different. So I'm going to have to try harder and harder to get that back. And so in that way, that's just a bit of a gong show. And so to me, I feel like mania is autotelic in that it is fulfilling within itself. And it's autotelic in that the universe wants us to go into that state 
for us to create the spontaneous social behaviors that Buckminster Fuller talked about. So it's actually the universe's autotelic process. And I feel that another thing with the world centricity is that flow implies flowing between something. It implies some kind of relationship. So a person is in relationship with nature and the wave that one is riding, or one can be in flow with another human being and it's sharing. And that can create flow too, just sharing without motive. The motive is the ego. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.